Have you ever been placed into a difficult situation where you had to stretch and expand yourself to overcome, like, maybe meet new people or a new situation? A number of years ago when I was at D.C., I was hiking in the Black Hills in South Dakota, formerly to the peak called Harney's Peak, now called Elks Point. And on the way back, I uh, ran into a couple that was crying and asked, what's wrong? They said, well, our 11-year-old son separated himself from us and now we can't find him. Now, this is the Black Hills of South Dakota. This isn't, uh, you know, one of our local parks. This isn't Kingsbury or something like that. Hundreds of square miles of wilderness and quite concerned. I was with a group of people and said that we'll look for him. I started to walk back and contacted others. By another hour, we found him to great joy. But that was an opportunity for us to meet someone that we haven't known. A broken barrier, uh, a rather difficult situation. Broke down a barrier, we were able to talk. A couple months ago, uh, at the end of our street, there's a couple of puppies, and they came running into our yard, and I got out of the car, and they came running up to me. And so I grabbed them, and I held them, because I know that sometimes puppies and streets don't get along well, especially where there's cars. And, and the, the owner came down in their minivan and thanked me. And then we were walking our own puppy. We got a new puppy, and the puppy got out of the harness, and they helped us find, get our puppy. So it's sort of unique how barriers get broken down. When I was in high school, I stopped going to church. Like many people, after they were confirmed, and a friend of mine called me up and said, do you want to play for our basketball team, our church basketball team? I said, yes. Do you want to come to Bible study? I said, no. But anyways, I joined the church basketball team, came to Bible study, and you see the result of it. Sometimes different situations and difficult situations break down barriers and work for the good. That's a picture of Washington, Illinois. It's just east of where I lived for 15 years. During late church, about 11 o'clock on a November morning in 2013, a devastating F4 tornado came through Washington. It was featured in the Weather Channel. And 140 homes were totally destroyed. Five of them were members. And uh, the debris were there. And, and by the way, um, if you've ever been to one of those sites, they all look the same, whether it's Joplin, Missouri, whether it's Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, wherever it is, they all look the same because everything is devastated. And so there we were, five of our members, and our members had house damage, uh, neighborhoods even in East Peoria were damaged. And that's a picture of our Savior Lutheran Church in Washington. Uh, this sort of became the, the, the central park of the tornado. <coughs> Excuse me. However, the parsonage was damaged. The first thing he did was fix up the parsonage so the pastor could be in peace. Then they fixed up the church. Then they cleaned up the church's parking lot. And the church became the focal point of the rescue effort. 140 homes destroyed, broke down barriers between neighbors, communities, and even politicians. Politicians from Illinois from both parties came and assisted and thanked the church. Sort of unique how sometimes tragedy and mishap breaks down barriers. Our Savior Lutheran Church became the community hub of relief. Their large parking lot, a lot of tree uh, removal services, FEMA came in, uh, all sorts of food and places. Even my church, former church, St. Peter's East Peoria, got involved. It happened on a Sunday. On Monday morning, somebody called up and donated our church to our church $1,000. So I went on vacation. No, I mean, we, we, made a lot of, we, we made a lot of spaghetti, and we opened up our, our gym. We opened up our, um, opened up our gym and our kitchen and community, and some people came in. But what we came to find was that the first responders weren't getting any food, so 
Ganimark uh, take out containers and took it to them. But the unique thing was the next day we were preparing food and people from the community even found their way to our kitchen and they wanted to help. Sort of unique how <coughs> barriers were broken down there. A hub of local care. Found ourselves doing things we never thought we would do with people that we didn't know. That's sometimes how broken barriers work. Situations bring new people into new situations and barriers get broken down. I'm sure if you've been, um, you're all familiar with Ian. Did you look outside yesterday about 2.30 and 3? Because that, that cloud followed me from Cleveland. It's a circular cloud. It was actually the edge of Ian. Did you know that? <coughs> Excuse me. Ian made it all the way here. Sort of unique. And however, Ian, there's a number of people who have places in Florida who have been talking to me about it and their neighbors and friends have been telling them who lived down there what was going on. So sort of unique how that works out. So Jesus, too, broke barriers. And there's a picture um, of Jesus with a woman at the what? And this is the day before the day of indoor plumbing. She's there in the heat of the day because nobody wants to be associated with her. So our Lord chased away his disciples. Our Lord broke down barriers and talked with her. So read, that, read, read this with me. Okay, um, two things going on there. First of all, she's a woman in Jesus' day. Men didn't talk to women. Women didn't talk to men. So there's a broken barrier there. The second thing was, she's a Samaritan, and Jews looked down at Samaritans. They weren't quite the same. So Jesus broke down two barriers, that of talking to someone of a different gender and that of a person of a different ethnic group. And this is what Jesus said to her. Can you go ahead and read it with me? Jesus, if you knew... Okay, so Jesus broke down the barrier there. If you ever want to see a movie, a unique movie, go see the music box. It came out in the 80s, was remade about 15 years ago. Not the secular version, but the music box is about a 25-minute movie. It's sort of unique. An angel comes, comes to a person in the hub drub of their life, and everyone eats the same and works in the same place. And they live in a drudgery of life, and I think we would be familiar with it. And the angel gives him a box, which is the gospel. And he opens up the box, and the box plays music and brings color and life, and that's what the gospel does. And the man keeps the box to himself. Until one night he's sleeping, and four angels appear to him in his bedroom and say, get out the box, and say, we didn't just give the box to you, for you, we gave the box for you to share with who? Everyone. So he took it on the subway, he took it to his workplace, he took it out to the restaurant he went to, he took it out to his friends, opened up the music box, and he broke down barriers there. But very touching movie, it won a couple Christian Emmys called The Music Box, Breaking Down Barriers. And so, to today's epistle lesson, we come to the young pastor, Timothy, who is called to break down barriers. Um, and read this with me. And so St. Paul, by the power of the Spirit, says, Timothy, I mean, you're sort of becoming like the music box and you're keeping it closed. You're, you're sort of sheltering yourself. You're not breaking down barriers. I, I, you got this gift given to you by God, and I want you to, to reassert it. And read this with me. And 
Timothy, I want you to show that power and love and timidity to others. So Timothy went about preaching the gospel, proclaiming the gospel, and he broke barriers as he was part of, not part of the good old boys club. Do you know what I mean when I say the good old boys club? The people have been around the block a long time, they've been out of business with a lot of different people, and they made deals, and they're sort of in. Well, Timothy couldn't be old enough to be part of the good boys club, good old boys club. He didn't pay his dues. But friends in Christ, when it comes to God, we accept 26-year-old pastors as well as we do 60-year-old pastors. We accept 32-year-old pastors as well as we do 70-year-old pastors. Being a pastor and proclaiming the word of God isn't part of being some old good, good old boys club or earning your dues. You're simply proclaiming the power of God because that's where God has placed you. Now, if this seems odd, think about it. Would any of you want to go to a new dentist's office who you are his first patient that he sees? Would you like to have open-heart surgery with a surgeon and you're the first patient who has open-heart surgery? Would you like to take your car to a mechanic who just graduated from mechanic school? I think you know the answer. So there's something about people have a lot of experience, but yet for Timothy, the young pastor, do so with the power of, of uh, not do, do so with the power of self-discipline and of love because God's message is true whether you're 26 or 60 or 32 or 70 or whatever. And also, Timothy broke down barriers as he will now be a hero of the gospel to which St. Paul's in prison. Friends in Christ, not everyone's enthused about the gospel. Not a lot of people like to hear that Jesus is the only way. People don't want to hear that they're a sinner and that Christ is the only way to salvation. And so Timothy is called to break down barriers, proclaim the gospel in spite of its consequences. And what's that a picture of? That's our church. So why are we here? Well, we're called to break down what? Let me be more blunt. The church is the only institution that exists for the sole purpose of what? Yeah, we're not a religious club. We're here for who? Yeah, we exist for others. I've been asked this question, and maybe you heard it before, so I'll repeat it with you. If St. John Lutheran Church and school would close, would our community miss us? If our church and school would close, would anyone say, close? Man, Defiance just lost something really important. Would our neighbors miss us? Would people miss us? I'd hope the answer would be what? Yes, I hope the community would know that we're here influencing the community. I love our new church sign. Do you see it? At night, it has LED lighting. We had to make sure that we tilted the sign away from our neighbors so it wouldn't blind them at night. No, seriously. That's sort of a good thing. The community knows we're what? And we put two posts down at the end of our parking lot to put current events because we exist for who? For others. We're the only institution that exists for others to break down barriers, uh, go against the flow. We are called and equipped to break barriers with our love and care, go against the flow. Now, I'm not much into fashion shows, but I did go to our clothes closet fashion show, and I'm not one to walk on runways, so it's not going to happen. Nothing against the clothes, I'm not that type of person, but I'll sit and eat the snacks at the table. But either way, that was a wonderful thing the clothes closet does to the community. There's a dollar room, um, there's all sorts of things that people buy, and that's an outreach to the community. And as you know, I'm sort of doing PR here, but the trunk or treat is more than just candy. 400 people came into our church building 
We're expecting 500 this year. We're called to break down barriers with our what? Our love and care. On no election night, and I'm not going to get into you about the politics, um, Tuesday morning Bible study does a drive-through dinner. I'm not saying this because they give me a free meal, but, but they, they do reach out. They gave some to the police department for Christmas gifts, and they gave some to the PATH Center, their last meal. So we are called to break down barriers with what? With love to our community. That's why we exist, our church and our school. And we are called and equipped to break down barriers with assertion. What do you mean by that? I'm not talking about being rude. I'm not talking about being arrogant. But assert, this is what we believe, teach, and confess, and we don't apologize for it. Um, This is against comfortable Christianity. They ask nothing of us. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Once in a while, I go to church and everything's fine. But yet the gospel in Christ calls me to reach out to others, to put forth an effort, to work harder when somebody else isn't, to be kinder when, when no one else is. This is against convenient Christianity that goes against the flow and doesn't want to be what? Controversial. I don't want to have embarrassing conversations with my family and friends about things we believe that goes against the current culture. We are called to be assertive in what we teach and profess. Not arrogant, not rude, not aggressive, but what? Assertion. Speak the truth in love. Martin Luther said this. Can you read it with me? Assertive. I don't do this, I do that. I don't say this, I do this. Um, my son played football for East Peoria High School, and before his freshman year, the coach had a meeting with us parents. And the coach said this, if any of my players cusses or takes God's name in vain, they'll be asked to leave practice. I had no problems with that. The coach was what? Assertive. The Holy Spirit's not a skeptic. God calls us to be assertive. Uh, I was a pastor in Youngstown, and we lived in this community called Girard, and someone said, Pastor, I think your children would really like going to, um, going to the Mineral Ridge School District. It's smaller, more TLC. Now, as you know, Ohio has open what? Enrollment. So I called the superintendent of Mineral Ridge School District and said, we have three small children like to go have them come to school there, and the superintendent told me this. I need to let you know, I'm not sure who you are, and this is true, it's a true story, I'm not sure if it happens yet, true story. The superintendent says we begin our school day by saying the Lord's Prayer and the Pledge of Allegiance, and if you don't like it, don't come. So you know where we send our kids, right? Okay? Now, it's a public school, I'm not sure who's gone to them yet, and maybe shut that down. But they're being what? Assertive. Uh, Christians being assertive, we're going to be forthright. Not arrogant, not rude, not bossy. This is who we are, this is what we teach, preach, and profess. For God, read this with me. Read this with me. We assert. That's a tough one, especially if I know friends and families who don't believe. 
You really mean they're not going to be saved? Well, there's only one name in which a person is saved. That's through who? There is no other way. I heard this in the seminary and it was repeated to me this summer. And so um, this, this summer, my son and I, we went to a, went to a church in Toledo. We're checking out other churches as, as well as other people on our worship committee. See some things they do good, how we can be blessed by it. But I noticed in their church, they didn't have a cross. My seminary professor said it's, it's becoming more popular now not to put a cross in your church. Why? Because the cross is offensive. Well, guess what? We're always going to have what here? Don't do so during the sermon, but if you count, don't do it during the sermon. You find 13 crosses up here. But don't do it now, okay? I counted before during one of Pastor Luring's sermons. No, I'm just kidding. I, I did. I didn't do that, right? But if you sit here and count 13 crosses, St. Paul says, I am not ashamed of the what. We're always going to have a what. If it offends you, I'm very sorry. That's truth. Matter of fact, the cross is for you too. So we assert salvation is found in no one else. That's assertion uh, to assert the truth. And so we assert the Ten Commandments. You know, honor your father and who? I think children need to be taught how to be respectful, how to look at adults and be kind and gentle. We assert that. We also assert sexual purity. Uh, We assert uh, the sanctity of all human life. We assert not gossiping. We stand for something. You heard it before. If you stand for nothing, you fall for what? Yeah. And by the way, friends in Christ, that is offensive to the world, but the world is asking us to stand for something. We're not the first generation to live in a world which uh, morality is being turned upside down. The church is called to be faithful. Um, It's interesting, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, to that which we belong, there's church bodies around the world that are wanting to be part of us. They're actually contacting us to say if they can be in fellowship with us because we still stand for what? We haven't become wishy-washy. We're still assertive. Proclaim the truth. We assert the Ten Commandments. Friends in Christ, there are children who come from broken homes that love looking at parents eating with their children at a restaurant. There are children today who will write into TV shows that shows a functional family on TV. There's not a whole lot now. We assert the truth. Fathers and mothers, we assert the truth, and that becomes a light to others. This is for ourselves, for our church, and our what? Our school. This is who we are, what we teach, preach, and confess. So why? Why does St. Paul bring that up to Timothy? Well, the first reason is, by the power of God who saved us and called us to a holy life, Not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. Why? Because that's what we're called to. And secondly, what you have heard of me keep as a pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you with the help of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because that's the example that is set for us. And friends in Christ, we tear down barriers because the hope is one day all will be with us where? Now, I've never been to heaven. This is a picture that's based upon Revelation. Notice everyone's wearing a what? And who's in the center? Because in heaven the berries are broken down. It's unique what Scripture says. After this I looked, and there before me was a very great multitude that no one <coughs> excuse me, could count. 
of every nation, tribe, and people, and language, standing before the throne in front of the Lamb, where the barriers have been broken down. By Christ's death and resurrection, we are part of that. Our prayer is that others are part of that too, to break down barriers through Christ. So how about this for a closing thought? Can you all read it with me? For he... And all God's people say...